Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast. Today, post-COVID efforts to drive out pharma-bought politicians. The post-COVID reality is leading to a reckoning in many corners of society. You might not know it to watch public health officials and some of our political leaders because in many respects, they seem to be going about their regular business as if nothing bad happened, as if the government did not put out disinformation and make a lot of mistakes. But in some important corners of the medical establishment and even among some in the media, there does seem to be a shift based on the hard realities of the last couple of years. There is some recognition that political figures we have relied on are in some cases hopelessly conflicted by the pharmaceutical slash insurance slash hospital industries establishment in ways that may keep them from making sound decisions on behalf of public health. Amid that recognition, a new political action committee has been formed, and Dr. Mary Talley Bowden leads the effort to basically break the pharmaceutical juggernaut that some say controls the national agenda and much of our lives. Here's my interview with Dr. Mary Talley Bowden. Can you give us a little background about who you are? I don't know if people listening to this podcast will know that I met you. It's probably been almost a year ago in Texas because you were part of a group of doctors who bravely spoke out against mandated vaccines at the first hospital in the nation that tried to mandate them that really led the way in these unusual and controversial mandates. And by the way, we think, although we cannot establish and report factually, that the hospital that led the way in mandating vaccines and helped convince others to do this may have had some kind of incentive to do so. Certainly they were communicating with the federal government and so the idea is possibly, they wouldn't answer this question, but possibly there had been some coordination with the federal government and this prominent hospital to dip into these controversial waters so that other hospitals would follow suit. Tell us a little bit about that. Right, I think Houston Methodist was chosen for the mandate for a reason. I think they realized if they could get away with it in the seemingly red state of Texas, they could get away with it anywhere. Uh, Texas and Houston is home to the largest medical center in the entire world. So it's not surprising uh, for many reasons that Methodist was the first and they, they preceded Biden by three months. I had privileges there. I was not an integral part of their system. I had loosely tie, loose ties to them. I, I'm an outpatient ear, nose, and throat doctor in Houston, solo physician, quiet practice. I sort of stumbled into COVID. I, because we, as an ear, nose, and throat doctor, we do see a lot of patients with upper respiratory tract infections. So I started seeing these patients trickling in. And eventually I became known as a COVID doctor because I would treat people. And, and people would come to me initially, I'd say, well, you should see your primary care doctor. And we know how that went down. They, they'd come back to me and say, my primary care doctor won't see me, or they told me to wait and go to the emergency room if I can't breathe. Well, that, that didn't sit well with me. So I initially, I did simple things. I didn't know about ivermectin. We didn't have monoclonal antibodies. So I did breathing treatments. I did steroids, antibiotics. 
And early on, I had success. Uh, then monoclonal antibodies came about, and those were wonderful. They turned people around very quickly. I could call the company and have as many doses as I wanted practically the next day. It was easy. And then the government took over distribution. And this was right around when the COVID shots started coming out. And it became harder and harder to get the monoclonal antibodies. So that's when I looked into ivermectin and alternatives. And I was a little bit skeptical about ivermectin. Um, first and foremost, I, I made sure it was safe. So I really dug into the safety. Um, and once I was assured that I wasn't going to hurt anybody, then I started using it. And I, I found that it was just as effective as the monoclonal antibodies. Um, but, you know, I, in terms of going back to Methodist, I, I was actually collaborating with them. I was sharing my data with them. We were trying to get our COVID uh, research published. So, you know, we had a good relationship and I, I reached out to them. I said, hey, are you seeing what I'm seeing? This was the summer of 2021 when we had this huge surge in cases and I was doing COVID testing. So I could see that these patients were vaccinated who were positive and they were just as sick, if not sicker than the patients that were not vaccinated. And I was keeping track of it all. And yeah, you know, they just basically gaslit me. They said, "Oh well, you know, it doesn't prevent transmission. It just, it just decreases the severity." So I started speaking out on Twitter. And back then, you know, I was pretty cautious. I said things like ivermectin works and vaccine mandates are wrong. And yeah, you know, I had a lot of patients coming to me very distraught over the mandates. I yeah, you know, initially with the shots, I was, I was neutral. I was, I wasn't giving them to anybody. I didn't get the shot, um, but I thought, well, you know, it's probably not going to work maybe, but I didn't think it was going to hurt people. So I didn't tell anybody don't get it, but I wasn't advocating for it. And I had an open mind about it. But then I started seeing firsthand. I saw all the breakthrough cases and then I started seeing the injuries. And I, I've looked at uh, my, my patients the last two years, 7% of my new patient appointments were people with ongoing chronic debilitating illnesses following these shots. I've never seen anything like it. So anyway, I initially though, I thought they were, they were probably safe. I didn't know if they were going to work, but I really didn't like the idea that a person had to choose between their job and getting this experimental vaccine, right? We had no long-term safety data. Uh, so I started speaking out against the mandates and Methodists did not like that. Uh, they basically used me as an example to show you know everybody else okay this is what's going to happen to you if you speak out uh and one on one particular day i i i tweeted 25 times in one day the same message and it was vaccine mandates are wrong and then i took a screenshot of a testimonial from a patient and that happened on a sunday five days later they suspended my privileges they did it in a very public fashion. They went to the media, they went to the Washington Post, they went to the Houston Chronicle, and I actually found out that my privileges were suspended uh, from a text message from a reporter asking me, hey, can you confirm that your privileges have been suspended? And I was blindsided. I, I had no idea what they were talking about. And then I go to Twitter and they're tweeting about me. And they said that I was spreading dangerous misinformation. And it, it, you know, it blew up in the media. I, I immediately resigned because I, I was just so upset the way that it was handled. And then 
then they reported me to the medical board because I resigned while under investigation. So that that's still ongoing. I mean, what has happened to physicians and other medical personnel who simply did what I believe your education and oaths require you to do, which is do your best to watch out for patient safety, the things that have happened to them and still happen to them, even after it was proven how much misinformation the government put out, there is um, a doctor, I think his name's Ryan Cole, maybe you know about him, I think he's out in, is he out in California, Oregon somewhere, and they're still pursuing him for doing things that doctors routinely do and for things that are legitimately okay to do and legal, for example, they said he shouldn't have prescribed ivermectin, which is a legal drug, you know, that is perfectly legal to prescribe as this off-label use. And in fact, everybody was on board with that before the COVID outbreak, that that's a common thing, just so people know, that when there's a novel virus, you look, the fastest avenue of help is to see if you can repurpose existing approved medicines that are already on the market and safe so that there's a fast way to attack the novel virus. And ivermectin was one thing that people were looking at that seemed to work, at least according to some. And then they said, they're saying as they go after this guy's license, that he didn't give all the warnings about things that could happen. And I'm thinking, I've never gotten warnings when I've been prescribed a medicine from my doctor about what could happen. And in fact, they don't even ask after the fact if you had any problems with the medicine, even though all medicines have side effects. And as far as I know, a lot of people are being given the experiment, were being given the experimental vaccine with zero disclosures about the fact that the risks are unknown, first of all. And second of all, when some of the risks did become known, people weren't being told this. So he's being prosecuted, persecuted, however you want to word it, for doing something that is that is not was not harmful to his patients. And yet other doctors were on a huge scale doing what the government wanted, which was arguably har har harmful to patients. So I know you see this all the time. Get, let's get a comment on that and then we'll move forward. Right, these medical boards are being, they're political weapons against us. I mean, it's not about patient safety whatsoever. I mean, typically the medical boards go after sex offenders, drug addicts, that sort of thing, where there's a, a real breach of safety and what's happening to Dr. Cole, what's happening to me, what's happening to all, basically all the public figures who have spoken out is that they're going after us for political reasons and has nothing to do with patient safety. Ivermectin, honestly, I, I have a harder time with side effects from antibiotics in terms of patients calling me back with issues. I have I've prescribed it to thousands of people, and yet you know now I'm very I'm very aware that I have to give them the alternatives, the risks, benefits, and all that for ivermectin. But it, it's a little bit overkill because it is super safe. We have long-term safety data data. It's been around since the '80s. It's probably been given out to over four billion people at this point. Uh, so this is not about safety. It, it, it's just, it's a political uh, weapon at this point. So back to Houston Methodist, for people who want even more background on this, and I think it's fascinating, there is a group, was a group of physicians and medical people who stood up to the hospital and suffered the cost or the consequences of saying, we don't think these vaccine mandates are safe. We're not going to do it. It violates our rights as practitioners to do what's right for our patients, do what we think is right. They didn't want to get the shots for various reasons. 
You can see that story if you go to CherylAxon.com and click under full measure cover stories. You can go down and see hospital mandates is what it's called on January 29th, 2023. Gosh, it was exactly almost a year ago that we aired this. Um, under health related, you can find that replay. And I urge people, if you're interested in this topic, to take a look at that. But fast forward to today, um, there's been a lot more awareness and reconsideration of things now that we have the benefit of some hindsight, not in all cases, there's still, gosh, nobody's been punished for the misinformation. The government still seems to be merrily going along this track, trying to pretend it was other people that were doing misinformation, not them. But in the broader sense, there are certainly a lot of medical professionals and others who are coming around to understanding more about what happened and trying to keep it from happening again. So enter this project, which you're gonna to describe today, a political action committee that from what I understand is urging support of political candidates who wanna get rid of the COVID vaccine because I think now we know that based on the fact it doesn't prevent transmission, infection, it doesn't necessarily make illness less good even if it works at all or less serious even if it works at all, this would never have been approved under the normal processes required for approval of a vaccine. So there's an effort to say, why are we giving it now? Why, why should we be giving it? We know of the health effects. We're not in an emergency. COVID's not a deadly disease for most people. Tell us about the political action committee efforts. So I connected with, initially it was just three politicians, Brad Marquette, who's a legislator in in Pennsylvania, who's vaccine injured, and then two candidates running for office in Texas, Julie Clark and John Perez. And basically all three of us were in, in agreement that the COVID shot should be pulled off the market. And then little and little, we have just recruited more and more people to join our list. And it's just a simple statement that the COVID shots must be pulled off, off the market. We have a lot, a big mess to clean up after this pandemic, but I think first and foremost, we have to get these dangerous products off the market. Any other product would have been pulled a long time ago. And now not only is it still on the market, but it is being pushed on our children. It is on the pediatric vaccine schedule. So to me, this is an emergency. We need to send a strong message, a strong, clear message to Congress and you know, speaking out as doctors just hasn't been enough, unfortunately. So now yeah, I really hate to bring politics into medicine, but at this point we have no choice. We have to join forces with our politicians to do it, everything we can to get these off the market. So we're now up to 194 politicians. We've recruited from 35 states. Every day the list keeps growing. And, you know, one thing, these people are making a very politically risky move. If you look at how much money these pharmaceutical companies donate to the politicians out there, it's, it's unbelievable how much money they're getting. So by them putting themselves on this list, it's politically risky. They're, they're spitting in the face of big pharma. They're, they're, they can be assured they're not going to be getting any money, money or donations from pharmaceutical companies going forward. So our goal is to a grab effort to support these candidates, unseat all these politicians that have failed to protect their constituents who are staying silent. And you know, most of the people in Congress are no longer getting these shots. 
they are not giving them to their kids. And if they're not safe enough for themselves, and if they're not safe enough for their kids, why are they safe enough for their constituents? So we really need to unseat these, these cowards and support the people that are gonna protect us. Much more after a short break. age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAxon.com and click on the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of fun and functional products designed specifically for independent and free thinkers like you, featuring slogans like, I tested positive for critical thinking, and I need to find some new conspiracy theories, all my old ones came true. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab today. A little bit of what I've learned over the decades in covering medical issues and vaccines, which I was assigned to do, knew nothing of it some 25 years ago until CBS News um, assigned me to look into some matters. And boy, what a trip down the rabbit hole I took. But I don't know if people understand how important the funding is. You're raising money for candidates who won't get money from big pharma and corporations and probably insurance companies and hospitals and so on. They're all linked. These entities basically rule Capitol Hill, both parties, Republicans and Democrats. They have so much money that go toward the parties to get certain members elected these members will not go against them. And the the ones that want to, because there are good and honest members of Congress, but they have to abide by this extra constitutional system that's developed by the political parties. They have to do what their party leaders tell them to do, or they won't get a position on a committee where they can do anything or have a bill considered. And they'll probably be primaried by their own party in another election coming up because they're not towing the line and they're not controllable. So it's very hard for these political people to make their way in politics if they don't take these contributions. That is why Donald Trump, that is one big reason why both parties, the establishment were against him and are against him. That's why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as a Democrat was a no-go as far as the Democrat party was concerned. He won't take money or won't be given money by this industry. Um, so. People should understand that this is the money that rules and dictates how our laws are governed and what laws are written. And you're trying to fight that. What's the name of the political action committee? Americans for Health Freedom. And our website is americansforhealthfreedom.org. If someone wants to support this idea, they go to that website and is, I assume, is there like a donation button or something? Donation. If you're a candidate or if you're in office and it could be you could be president of the United States down to a precinct chair or a school board member you qualify and we just want your name on there you don't have to list why you want the shots pulled all you have to say is yes I agree the shots must be pulled off the market we're also recruiting more physicians to join the list so far we have at least 17,000 but we want to expand that list 
if you want to volunteer, you can indicate that on the website. And you know, any little donation, five dollars is not too small. So any little donation really will help. Name the website one more time, and I'll put it in the description for the podcast as well. Americansforhealthfreedom.org. As we look forward, what are your concerns? You know, I guess one of my main concerns is that there's been zero accountability or reform of CDC as was promised when this was over, even by some big CDC advocates admitted that that agency has to be um, exploded and rebuilt because it's it just utterly failed at its most important task and yet nothing's happened, zero. So what is your biggest concern moving forward in this environment? Well, the pandemic just emboldened the tyranny, right? It emboldened medical tyranny. I'm seeing it down to, you know, the pharmacists. The pharmacists are refusing to fill orders for things. I mean, it's been a problem with ivermectin all along, but now I'm seeing other things going on. Like, for instance, I prescribed a patient two antibiotics at the same time for a complicated infection. The patient came to me and said, the pharmacist said not to take these at the same time, just wait and do one at a time. I said, no, that's not how it was written at all. And the pharmacist didn't contact me. Little thing, things like that um, from, you know, and then the CDC, yeah, I mean, the government really gained a lot of power because we let them and we, we need to nip this in the bud and we need the politicians to, to step in. The media has failed at its job of doing oversight on these things because it used to be some years ago when I worked for CNN and CBS before my independent show, Full Measure, it used to be that if we saw things like this, whether or not we personally agreed with certain agendas or issues, we were there to do the bidding for the people or the unheard, and we would challenge or at least represent viewpoints on various sides. Media doesn't do that anymore, as you know. We've totally dropped the ball. I hope people will watch Full Measure. Again, you can go to CherylAxon.com and look at the Full Measure tab, how to watch for stations and times, which you can always watch online at fullmeasure.news. And we've covered these issues, not just the story that we did with um, Dr. Bowden. Do I say your name right, Bowden or Bowden? Bowden. <laughs> Bowden. Um, not only that story that we did about Houston Methodist, but you mentioned the power of pharmacists not to fill certain prescriptions. We covered that story, it's fascinating. Both sides of that story heard from. Um, we covered the story of a gentleman who filed because a lawsuit, he was trying to get ivermectin and was denied by his pharmacist or by two pharmacists. He was very sick, ended up taking a horse version of it because there is a vet version. There's been a people version forever, but there's vet versions too. He thinks it saved his life, but we're covering these issues and we're covering both sides of them, unlike I, I think most in the media. And I hope people will seek out and support those kinds of sources. Thank you for what you're, what you're doing, because I don't know why it's so hard for doctors to be independent thinkers or when they know better. And some of them have told me privately, they knew better than some of the things they were being told to do, but they didn't stand up. And I'm just kind of stunned by the developments and Last, my last comment, and I'll let you have a last one. I had two doctors tell me, including one on camera in the course of this, that there are no side effects to the COVID vaccines. And as we know, there's side effects to every medicine. So when a doctor 
public health official is saying something like that, it's, it's kind of mystifying. And in both instances, I said to these doctors politely after they finished their statement that, you know, that's not true. I said, there's side effects to everything. And sure, certainly the COVID vaccine already has proven side effects. And then both doctors said, well, they're not as bad as getting COVID. So they acknowledged in the same conversation that they had lied, that they knew what they had just said to me wasn't true, but I feel like someone must be telling them to put out this message to patients. Oh, there's no side effects with the COVID vaccine. Why would they say something like that? What are your final thoughts on the medical profession, right. how they've let us down? Not everybody, of course, but how at, at large? Well, I mean, I think... I think like Houston Methodist going after me so publicly was to set an example, right? To put fear in people. Okay, this is what's going to happen to you if you speak out. We'll blast your name all over the world and tell everybody you're dangerous and your reputation is just ruined. So, you know, I'm fortunate because I'm independent. I'm, I call myself third party free. I don't contract with outside forces. I I only work for my patients, but I, that's a rarity these days. And most physicians are employed and unfortunately they're not working for their patients. They're working for somebody else and that's who they're listening to. So uh, I would recommend if you are looking for a new doctor, find one that is not, you know, is only has your interests at, in, at, in heart, at heart and is not answering to a third party. How do you do that, by the way? How would you find a doctor? What do you look for to see if they're not affiliated? Well, so direct primary care is a great resource. Now, not all direct primary care doctors are like-minded, so you have to sort of dig a little bit, but if you're a direct primary care doctor, you don't take insurance, you're not necessarily concierge, because concierge to me sounds very expensive. Direct primary care, like joining a gym in terms of you, get, you pay a monthly fee, you get unlimited visit, visits normally, uh, you can spend more time, higher quality care, and then you use your insurance for catastrophic care. So you get a higher deductible plan and then you save insurance for things like, you know, car crashes, major surgery, that kind of thing. Um, so that that's one resource. Uh, the um, is, there a is there a website with a list, something like that? Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm a, if you look at, if you Google direct primary care doctor, there there are a couple of sites that list them. Um, FLCCC has like-minded doctors on their website. I believe React 19 has like-minded doctors on their website. The, the website that we, the path that we're doing, we're going to start adding physician names soon. So that, that's another resource. Well, thank you for all that you've done. And you're a strong woman to take the hits. It's not easy. It, it, well, I, I wasn't intending to. <laughs> I'm sorry, say it again. I wasn't, it wasn't the intention. It happened, but I wasn't going to back down. I get it. And, and most people do. And I, I really can't fault some of them when they do, because I know how hard it is on your professional life and your personal life and what it is to be faced with these challenges. It's expensive. You have to hire lawyers. It's, it's just horrible, but thank goodness there are some people who will stand up and speak because it needs to be said. So appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me, Cheryl.
introducing Whipped Seafoam Body Butter by Sirene Cosmetics. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid. Enriched with the nourishing powers of cocoa butter, mango butter, and shea butter, our body butter whisks you away to a world of deep hydration. Experience the essence of the sea with every application as this whipped delight leaves your skin refreshed, replenished, and ready to conquer the day. Visit thelemonademermaid.com and make your skin sing with the magic of the sea. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, you'll leave a great review and share it with your friends. And check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, for more original reporting and interviews on off-narrative topics that powerful interests often try to censor. It's never been more important to support independent reporting. You can do that by going to the CherylAckison.com website, click the store tab and browse our great products. The most popular new slogan that I have on products there is, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All the old ones came true. Proceeds support causes like the Cheryl Atkinson Ion Awards, giving cash awards recognizing and encouraging independent off-narrative reporting by college students and professionals. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.